passages and hopefully Adele is now going to enlighten us. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you want to communicate with us. You want to pour out your love into our hearts and walk in our lives. And we pray now that as Adele shares the words you've given her for today, they will reach our hearts and they will change our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. So today we continue in our sermon series on discipleship. And we're looking at the in bit today. How we journey, when we journey, how are we transformed? In my words, I think it's about claiming the reality that is as we journey with Christ. It isn't a fairy story or something that's made up. It's quite real. And Jesus is here and present with us. And he's here with us every day in all the things we do, whatever we do, whatever we face. And in all of those things, he calls us to follow him. And as we walk and follow him in this life, we are amazingly transformed gradually into Christ-likeness if we cooperate with the Holy Spirit that dwells within each of us. We might think of baptism as being the start of our journey in Christ. But listen to the word journey, because it is only the beginning, because it's something that we continue to walk in each day of our life too. So today we have the huge privilege, or I have the huge privilege, of baptising Sophie. I wonder if Sophie or her parents know where this journey might take her. Perhaps not. Yesterday, when I met and spoke with the family, I was reminded that I was baptised before I was four weeks old. I bet my parents hadn't foreseen this, me standing here. But I also want to say that I'm not a finished product yet. I'm still journeying on with Jesus and will continue to do so for quite some time, I hope, to come. Here is the second slide, wonderful. So we don't remain as we are. God does not will that. But as we allow God's Holy Spirit to start working in our lives, we can be transformed in him. I think sometimes this journey can be slow. I think also from experience it can at times be quite painful. But this process of change is a process that brings us into greater freedom to be people that God calls us to be and to be the people he has intended us to be from the start. It's about invitation to come along and be with him. It's not about any coercion or manipulation or should. It's delightful and freeing. And it's about reshaping our ideas, helping us to understand our identity Realising that some of our behaviours are not appropriate or helpful. And the joy is that we do this together in community as the church. It's where I think we are challenged the most. Somebody said to me before the service, it would be all right but for the people, or some words to that extent. And actually, that's quite true, but it's really important that we do this together. 
One um, vicar in a church that Jeremy and I were in some years ago used to talk about his congregation as being his licorice all sorts. Um, I don't pick that same metaphor. When I pick the metaphor of a bag of rough stones, perhaps a leather bag joined up with twine that jingle and jangle as we walk along. And the bag of rough stones, as they come into contact with one another, have the rough edges um, shaved off. They become rounder over time. Sometimes the road is really bumpy. Sometimes it's smooth. But I think it's often when it's the most difficult that it's the times when we can grow the most. Because it's in these times when we're perhaps quicker to reach out to God and ask for his help as we journey. And for me, the bag of stones at the end of time when it's opened up will no longer be a bag of pebbles, but it's a bag of gems, of diamonds that have been refined by all that God wants to do in our lives. I wanted to read a few verses of Psalm 139 at this point to remind ourselves that we are created by God. He's planned us and he knows us. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. We've been eternally known and planned, and are beautifully individual. And we live in time. There are two types of time that the Bible talks about. There's chronos and kairos. Chronos is our sequential time, day after day. If you know the book of Ecclesiastes or, or don't, read, read Ecclesiastes 3 to think about time, a beautiful poem there. And in that passage, the writer says, God has put a sense of past and future into our minds. There's also kairos, and I like to think of that as God's time, breaking into the present. It's the right time or the critical or opportune time to do something to act, to listen to what God wants to do with you. And the challenge, I think, for all of us is how do we recognize this and then what do we do about it? We're going to work through each of the titles in a minute. The first point of God's intervention, God's acting in our lives, is to recognize Recognize something that he wants to say. Have that Kairos moment when actually the light dawns, the bulb goes on. Something that you hadn't realized before makes sense to you at the moment. I have the privilege of um, taking um, assemblies in Maldersleigh Girls' School. Um, I go in there four times every term. And in the assembly this week, um, the title of my assembly was Aspirations. But I wanted to focus a lot on gender, because in March there's the International Women's Day of Prayer, there's the International Women's Day, and in October there's the International Day of the Girl. Now, I still haven't Googled to see if there's a male equivalent of all these parts, and I don't know the answer. 
But I asked the girls the question, have you ever thought why there's all these things that are Women's Day? And actually one girl put her hand up. I'd asked it as a rhetorical question, but she had something to say, so I asked what it was. And she said, oh, do you mean it's because mum or women do things like washing up and look after the house and actually men don't do those sorts of things? My point is that for her, there was probably just a spark of thinking about something in her life something that she might come back to at time that talks about role models, the way that we interact with one another, what's important, how she is going to be called in the future. You know, is her education and career important? That's sort of what I want to talk about by a Kairos moment. But I also want to make it clear that it's the way God is working in you at the time by the presence of the Holy Spirit, bringing things to mind And it's so difficult at times, isn't it? Because we are so much more ready to believe the lies or what culture says rather than believing the truth that God wants us to know about him and us and who we are to him. And actually, talking about all of our vocations is so important in this as well because we are the body of Christ together. Everybody matters. Each person here matters. And if we are not becoming the people that God delights in and wants us to be ourselves with the individual um, group of gifts and ministries he's given us, none of us in that case can live as God intends because we're depriving each other of how each other can be. So if we look at scripture, sorry, we should have gone on to that one. I think my highlights are wrong. Can we go on to the next one, please? If we look at scripture, we are reminded that we have been rescued from sin and our old sinful nature has been replaced with a new nature. We are forgiven, righteous and free to please God. And actually, we need to catch up with this truth and start living as though we really believe it. And for me, I know at times, and for others, some of you might be able to agree with this, it's what goes on in our minds that needs to play the catch-up. Because God has already worked for us. So is this you? We had the word before the service, didn't we, of baggage being carried. Is this you? Is this me? Are we carrying around grief, regret, unforgiveness, sadness, sin, unbelief. You see, I don't think God intends for us to do that. I think he wants to say, stop. He wants to say, I've got this, believe it. Sorry, that text is a bit small, I I can't read it from this distance. But there's so much in the Bible, so many verses that tell us the truths of who God is and what we can claim. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are told to cast our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. I was reminded this week, um, I get a promise emailed to me every day, and this came at such a timely moment. I hear when you ask for anything according to my will. I don't have to doubt that. 
Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And so let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We heard that in the reading from Hebrews. You see, I think another big issue to us walking with Jesus in these times is the culture we live in. God needs us, wants us, desires us to be still, to draw close to him, long enough to hear what he wants to say to us. How often do we do that? Um, Our family ended up in A&E this week. Nick really wasn't very well. Um, And while we were sitting there waiting for the medicine to come, he's much better, by the way, while we were sitting there for the medicine to become... Uh, This is 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and nearly every adult in that room was on their phone. Last time I went to the cinema, the reminder before the film starts is, turn your phones off, because there's the distraction, isn't there, with a beep or a text or a WhatsApp or whatever else goes on. Walking down the street, have you watched how many people are walking with their phones? Isn't this a distraction? My goodness. You know, who is creating this busyness in our lives where we're joined and distracted always to some bit of technology? We have a God who desires us to stop, to listen, be still, trust that he is with us and speaking to us today. And he desires us to try this out, see if it works. Be still and know that I am God, says the psalmist. That's Psalm 46. I think it's verse 10. I might be wrong on the verse. And actually, when we stop and remember God is with us and he is God, we also have to remember that we are not. So as we stop, as we listen to what God might want to say to us, have that Kairos moment of what he wants to point to that's going on in our lives, there is quite often some emotional release that comes on the back of that. There might be tears. There might be a bit of anger. There might be a sense of injustice coming out, of things that are not right. Perhaps there might even be a sense of some hurt that's there that's, that's still bubbling under the surface. What I want to say about this is it's really important to talk to God about how you feel. He already knows anyway. But actually, it's really freeing when you learn to talk to God as you are and not as how you think you should talk to him. And I say that because we're all different. And I was sitting in a prayer meeting when I worked for OMF some quite long time ago now. And I remember during the time that I shared that sometimes I get really angry with God and he does get the vent of my frustration and I do stamp my feet at him. And the person I shared that with couldn't believe that I did. She could not or did not. Different personalities, different walks, different times, yes. But God knew in all of those circumstances how I was feeling. I've come up with lots of passages from the Psalms today in what I'm sharing, and actually the Psalms show that it's right and good 
to present all of our emotions to God. He knows anyway. Read the Psalms if you want to vent emotion. Think of the Psalms that help you lament, help you wail, help you express anger. I mean, there are also the Psalms that help you express joy and delight too. They are a book, the prayer book of the Bible, how the people Israel spoke to their God alone and in community. And then what we have shown, how we have felt, what we feel that nudge of God saying to us might put us in a position where we are called to forgive. And we are told to do this. Again, lots of passages I could have picked up, lots of verses about this. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgive those who've hurt you. Forgive those who might have said something unkind. Forgive those you found irritating. Matthew, for I... For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We're all in this together, so it's keeping short accounts, making sure you're right with other people and being right with God too. This speaks to me, I don't know whether it will speak to you, but Jesus wants to take our baggage from us. Each and every case that we are carrying in the other one, the, the, big, the big pile, he, he's got it all. We can approach the throne of grace with boldness because Jesus has already made the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. That is for all we've ever done, for all we ever do, and for all we ever will do. It's all done and it does not run out. And we have a God who waits for us until we get it, until we get this truth. And we have a God who can sympathise with all of our weaknesses. Jesus, the God-man, fully God, fully human. And have you noticed that he doesn't give up on us ever? Philippians 1, 6 I am confident of this, Paul writes, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus is with us. He will continue with us. Whatever it takes, he will be with us. And then there's us. What do we do? How often do we revert to inappropriate ways of sorting stuff out? I'm preaching to myself as much as you, by the way. Please don't take the you as not including me. But think about things that are unhelpful. Gossip, slander even, striving in our own strength to sort stuff out because we can. Do we deceive or manipulate so that we get our own way? Do we live life with what's on our own agenda rather than asking God what's on his Are we ever liberal with the truth? Or actually don't want anybody else to realise what the motives are that we're working with? Are our desires in appropriate places even? 
And yet we cannot pay the price for our own sin. God has already overcome the consequences of all we have done. Sin and death have been defeated. If you have allowed him to come in, acknowledged he is here, accepted that he has died for you, hold on to these promises. Give Jesus all that he has already died for. He wants everything. Anything that causes distraction and mischief in our lives. Because those things are causing distraction and mischief in our work in helping build the kingdom of God in this place. And when we do bring these things to him, and we could be praying by ourselves or praying with others, there are many ways we can pray these things through. Accept the truth that these things have gone. He's got them. The cobwebs have been cleaned away. Jesus has it, whatever it is. There's nothing that's too big. Nothing. Now, I'm not trying to trivialize how easy forgiveness is, because at times I don't think it is. I've experienced instant release. I've felt that when I've forgiven. But there have also been times when the journey has been longer and taken me a while particularly in times when there's not been change, okay? So I'm not saying it's always easy, but we have a God who accompanies us through the journey. Thank you. The next slide. And actually, we have the presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit to come and dwell and help us in this. This is an an art picture which describes the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I think the Spirit's the orange, the the Son's the middle, and the Father's with the arms round. But we each have the gift of the Holy Spirit available to us to come and live with us, to come and dwell within us, to help us, encourage us, and walk with us, whatever we face. And this is for me, this is really selfish, but this is a really useful picture for me because at those times when I'm doubting or struggling, I remember who I am. I am a princess in the house of the king. That's true for each of us. Have your own picture, and I know we're not all female, prince in the house of the king. We're all sons and daughters. You know, wow, you know, that is amazing, isn't it? So what is to be done about this? And those were the words that kept coming over and over to me as I've thought about this talk. And then in my Lent reading, I'm reading a few books. Um, One of them is Wilderness Taunts by Ian Adams. And this was a poem I read a few days ago with the words, so what is to be done in it? So I'm going to read it now. It might be helpful. How could you waste so much? So many opportunities let pass, so many poor decisions, so few adventures embraced, so few risks taken. You have wasted so much. Yes, there has been wastage, and you cannot recover what is lost. But still you are here with a sense of calling, some learning, much love, and many friends. So what is to be done? You could hurry back towards whatever you missed or cram in new achievements. Resist both those courses of action. Instead, vow to follow with love the path that opens up from here. 
Resolve to make this season a time of attention to the task before you and ponder the possibility that in God nothing is wasted. Which is amazing because all those things that we struggle with that we need to give to him are not wasted either. So friends, what is to be done? My prayer is for all of us to remember who we are, to live in the reality that we've come to know. Live with God as your companion in the here and now, whatever life is throwing at you. Give him all those things that you're finding difficult, that you struggle with. Let him take them. And as you do, you will grow and become more fully into the person and live the life that he desires for you. Amen.